you like that technical foul call? Why? It's construed as disrespectful for the official. Is it Thanksgiving afternoon? Because this turkey of a season is not yet half done. Welcome, loyal listeners, to another episode of the Jeff Van Gundy NBA Tribute Show. I'm your host, Marco. I'm joined by my boy, Lucas. Lucas, tell us the vibe for this episode. Yeah, so I realize you can probably hear an alarm just went off in the background. We, You know how we, like, really start the episodes and it's quite, um... It's always quite, like, unprofessional and laughy and we just kind of, like, then start on the first segment. We should start explaining, because every time we record, it's in such a vastly different setting. It's very rarely the same vibe. It's never the same vibe. <laughs> right now, Marco's sharing a couch with Ned, who's playing God. <laughs> and Bo's outside barbecuing and cooking us all dinner. So there's like, it's just utter chaos. Yeah, there's like the fan going, you can hear the sizzling of the steaks. You can smell the snake, <laughs> snaking of the stizzles as well. <laughs> if anyone needed that uh, Thanksgiving joke, <laughs> explained as well don't feel bad because I needed yeah, to explain as well two. that was I really do a take two but that was <laughs> it was funnier after I got explained it it's Thanksgiving <laughs> afternoon because the turkey hasn't been finished getting cooked yet alright we don't need to spoon feed <laughs> <laughs> but you needed to spoon feed me yeah I think we're going to be getting spoon fed about halfway through this episode <laughs> oh yeah we're actually we actually are going to eat in this episode we really um, are so just let us know how, how you guys go with ASMR and if we <laughs> open up any kinks that you didn't know were there. Uh, speaking of eating good, <laughs> Karis LeVert, he's back. Yeah, he's back. Uh, did you get? Did you see his game? I watched the highlights. I, I was away this weekend, so I haven't watched the full one. Yeah, um, he... Such a fun game, man. What a good... Um, Pacers Suns is such a mm. fun, like everyone's kind of like some sort of team. Uh, you know, you get to see CP3... Karis LeVert players of that nature. Uh, but, yeah, the thing with Karis, obviously he wasn't going to be, like, chipper coming back. But, man, he's so silky. And he's just always smiling. Mm. And he's always so positive, And he's always making something happen. And he's always creating. And, yeah, he's just so fun to watch, man. Yeah, his first few plays slash shots, you know, he definitely didn't look as sort of silky smooth as he usually does. But, yeah, he got right back into the rhythm pretty mm. quickly, I thought. A uh, lovely pick and roll with Sabonis mm. where you got that behind the back pass and it was like damn if these guys can make some good chemistry like yeah. that Pacers team I don't know when I look at that Pacers team I'm like it must be how some people look at the Pelicans it's stacked and they're still not very good yeah yeah, <laughs> like, that's a good comparison actually like in pretty much every position you would you would love to have that player on your team yeah yeah uh, uh, but yeah, yet they still can't seem to win games. Still, I don't know. I don't think Levert had that huge an impact on the game. But the fact that they beat the Suns, who are like a really yeah. formidable opposition, yeah. with him back, it's a good sign. Yeah, definitely. Uh, and yeah, just yeah, yeah. We completely forgot about how he's like his ability to change direction and change speed. And man, just what a fun guy to watch. Actually, really, really fun. Up there, top, top, top. Uh, like top twenty players to watch, I reckon, in the yeah, league. Yeah, right. Nice. And stock is rising now that he has. He'll have much more of um. So fucking loud, by the way. <laughs> um, oh, dude, I would, I would love to just raid that Pacers team. Raid? <laughs> like, like, you'd love you'd love Turner. You'd love... Yeah, I, oh my God. That's I was just getting on Miles Turner's <laughs> basketball reference page because every single time I watch him play, he's making such a big play and he's mm-hmm. making such an impact on the game. And he's just like fucking so good. 
and he's averaging 13 and 6. <laughs> right, really? Yeah. You're kidding me. 13.4 and 6.5. But then like... Four, four blocks or something, right? 3.3. It's 3. dropped a bit, 3. but 3.3 is still massive. Yeah. Still massive. Averaging over three blocks in a... I think that's the thing. is like, he's so good, but the fact that he doesn't have the biggest role on that Pacers team, sort of offensively, is incredibly impressive. <laughs> We're just really watching that <laughs> quick scope motherfuckers. Yeah. He's doing very well as well, by the way. Uh, yes, yeah, so I, I completely didn't hear what you just said. Yeah, don't worry. Let's, let's move on. Yeah, we can move on. But yeah, Karis is back. Watch the Pacers. Um... Speaking of gamers, <laughs> um, for those of you who don't know, uh, Miami Heat bench warmer Myers Leonard is, uh, <laughs> uh, said an awful anti-Semitic slur on a stream earlier earlier this week. Yeah, he's since been reprimanded. Uh, start off the Heat stupidest organization to do something like that on. Uh, <laughs> yeah, they have a Jewish owner, and they always seem to just be ab- absolutely at the forefront. Um, wait, 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 wait. Social justice stuff. A basketball team has a Jewish owner. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I know. It's like 18 of them or something. <laughs> go on. No, you go on. Oh, anyways, yeah. Myers Leonard. So, fuck, man. The last two things he's made the news for have been, like, race-related. First of all, he didn't take a knee in the bubble, and he explained it to, to the team, and they all understood, because uh, his brother is in the army or serving for the military. And he was like, this guy has been like my, my role model my entire life. And I needed to do it for him. Like I, um, yeah, I'm not going to take a knee because of who he is in my life. And they're like, that's okay. All good. Then he said this on a live stream. And I mean, like, he's just a dumbass. That's all he is. But it doesn't look good. Like no. the optics on it are bad. Yeah. Very, very, very bad. Um, I think, uh, what stood out to me is on inside, uh, Shaq and Chuck were being like, you know, you gotta be careful what you say. You gotta be, you know, locker room talk, blah, 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 blah. Like, you know, uh, you have to pick your audience and know what's okay to say when. And then Kenny, very, very, one of the best things Kenny's done in quite a while. So he's like, that's fucking bullshit. There are things that you don't say no matter who your audience is. Yeah. Like, locker room talk isn't okay in the locker. It's not okay anywhere. Yeah. Um, there's not, like, the right audience to make an anti-Semitic comment yeah. to. And it, it, like, I'm not, I don't think Myers Leonard's, like, a racist or anything like no, that. No. He's, like you said, he's just a dumbass. But the idea that, like, I don't know, he could then go into a locker room and be, like, one of his players, like, oh, what a, you know. Yeah. Like, that's awful. <laughs> yeah. That's awful. That's what Shaq and Chuck thinks okay to do in a basketball team. Yeah. I know you fucking did it in the 90s, like, whatever, yeah. but it's not then anymore. Yeah, times are different. Times really, they really have a change, didn't um, Yeah, I just think, more than anything else, he's just a dumbass. That's all it is. Like, he's a dumb guy. You see, the way he plays, he's a fucking idiot. He's clueless. Uh, and I guess he takes that off the court as well. <laughs> yeah, dude. Like, talented player with absolutely no basketball awareness. Like- yeah. He can shoot, kinda. He can kinda shoot threes, like, space the floor. But, man, he's just a little... He- what a waste of 7-1. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's it. But, like, a speedy 7-1 as well. Like, he's quite he's quite agile for yeah. being 7 foot tall. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, nothing up there. Yeah, yeah. God gave him nothing in the brains department. <laughs> Sorry? <laughs> uh, yeah. I think maybe he's, um... Oh, no, nah, fuck it. That's not even... I, I can't word it. <laughs> You've had all week to think about this. <laughs> um, yeah, well, at least the league's come down on him pretty swiftly. And I guess everyone's kind of in agreement that it was the wrong thing to do and he'll, he's probably not going to play another game this season anyway so like oh there's a shock <laughs> yeah like 
whatever. Goodbye, Myers, I guess. He is kind of the exact player that the Heat need, though. Like, just an option to throw at Embiid or Jokic. Because mm. they got the rest of the rotation is so good. There's so much like um, Boston in that way. Where, yeah, I like that they have that undersized switchable uh, center. Bam, Tristan Thompson, Daniel Tice. But you can't teach height, obviously. And Embiid is just... You're gonna if you want to win, you're gonna go have to go through him. Like you're gonna come up against him. There's no way, yeah. There's no way to get to the fi- the finals without going through the through Philly in the East. This is like without a joke, a perfect segue into what I wanted to talk about. This <laughs> week. Um, so I think like watching the Heat the last few weeks, and we've spoken about how you know Jimmy Butler as a sort of dark horse MVP candidate. Like we need to see that Heat team at full strength in the yeah. playoffs like just for the good of the league yeah we don't like we don't need to see Charlotte in the playoffs <laughs> we don't need to see Atlanta in the playoffs like you know uh, that team still got like a while to come New York I'll, I'm, I'll be happy if they make the playoffs but like I don't see them winning a playoff series against any significant opposition but we need to see a full <laughs> full strength Miami Heat in the playoffs no I definitely agree um, they had that Boston Heat series was one of the best series and you knew it was going to be a good series going in just because of how both teams are like very well matched with each other and it yeah and it didn't disappoint then they went on and had probably the craziest like that that finals against the Lakers six it was six games three of the Lakers wins it was a no contest one of the Heats wins it was a no contest which means two of the games are competitive mm. but the entire series was so much fun to follow oh it was amazing but and like with two good games yeah <laughs> it felt like a walkover but then you remember the Heat were like just destroyed by injuries but then yeah. it was still 4-2 yeah, like, yeah 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 absolute entertainment end to end um, anyway I think the Heat need to like add a player if they want to remain competitive in the regular season and then sort of be a threat in the playoffs uh, I, I, Uh-oh. I had a suggestion here. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, I think the Heat should go for LaMarcus Aldridge. I like it. <laughs> yeah. I think he kind of adds what you were saying in like another big scoring option. Um, he's like, he's very versatile offensively. I think if he, he, you know, his shooting hasn't been as good this season, but yeah. it's still better than Kelly Olynyk. <laughs> <laughs> um, he's shooting 36% on 3.6 attempts. Kelly's shooting 33% on 5.8 attempts. Um, yeah. So I think if you know LMA was getting those kind of looks, he'd be hidden a hate more from three. Yeah. Uh, but like you said, like he's still a th- maybe not as much as he once was. He's still a threat on the interior. So like you know, if you have Bam and LMA and you're going up against Embiid, it's a little bit more difficult for him to handle those two. Yeah. No, I, I agree. You can picture Jimmy having great chemistry with him, like he seems seems to have with uh, those sorts of big guys. Can imagine, you know, Jimmy ball handling, you got Bam and um, Aldridge. They could be they could be really anywhere between the paint yeah. and the three-point line and you'd be scared of them. Yeah. Um, and then, you know, two of the young shooters uh, also there. Like, it's just really potent offense that yeah. I think, like, I love the Heat offense, but yeah, I think they're like 25th offensive uh, team in the, in the league or something like that. Yeah. Uh, which would have come from not having like Tyler here. I remember started the season yeah. really poorly. Jimmy, oh yeah, hasn't been hasn't is only just really coming back. COVID injuries, they've been Things hit by that it nature. all. Um, but yeah, and also I, like their shooters have been really streaky. Like Duncan Robinson hasn't always been yeah. quite the bucket we uh, became used to him being in the playoffs last season. Um, so yeah, I uh, I reckon they need to add a player, and LMA sounds like the best one. 
Uh, you said that the Hornets, you know, it'd be fun to see them in the playoffs just to go back to that. And But you don't, like, they're not necessary for the playoffs. Mm, mm. I think they're going to make the playoffs. Oh, no, I think they are as well. Uh, and another from just, you know, you have to look at history and the NBA from the perspective of LaMelo Ball every now and again. <laughs> I think that LMA would also be a good... Um, a good uh, Charlotte would be a good destination for Lamarcus for that um, Lamelo reason. Like just surround him with stable vets. Mm. Just give him like the canvas and let him just have free run. Yeah. Something I've been thinking about this week: when players come into the league, they need to be boundless because you need to just find out what they could be. And you like when you bring a player into the league with limitations. There's a reason they got to the NBA, and you, I feel like you need to find that as soon as possible mm. because. Uh, you only hinder yourself moving forward. Mm. And obviously, there's so many like ifs and buts and asterisks. asterisks. But within reason, <laughs> you have to let them be boundless. Yeah, and I think Lamelo is obviously, very obviously, a great example of that where, you know, they tried to limit his... Tried to limit his minutes. Uh, you know, he he wasn't a starter from the get-go, which is completely fair enough. But as soon as, like, he was given that opportunity, he, like, refined his game super quickly and just started performing like, an, like a fucking, you know, like a vet, basically. Yep. Like, his yeah, his numbers are just crazy. I just yeah. I, I can't believe it every every week I look at it. Um, yeah, I think the Hornets are definitely going to make the playoffs. Like, who's, who's trailing them in the East? Like, what, Indiana, Raptors... Yeah, so Indiana, they could both go on runs, yeah, Indiana and the Raptors. For sure, but they haven't yet. Uh, yeah. well, I guess, like I said at the beginning of this episode, this turkey's only half cooked, so <laughs> it's got a lot of crisping up to do. <laughs> uh, but yeah, Atlanta, Washington, Orlando, Chicago, Cleveland, Detroit. Those teams, like, short, like kind of feels like they're just going to be the bottom six, <laughs> yeah. which yeah. Uh, means only one other team doesn't make the playoffs. Yeah. And sure. Charlotte wasn't one of those teams that I named tonight. Anyway. Going back to the Lamarcus to the Heat team. <laughs> I, I'm okay with it. Yeah. I don't love it, but I'm okay with it. I think that uh, they are they do need another player. I don't mind the idea of PJ Tucker, mm. uh, who's also you know out there right now. And PJ Tucker and Robert Covington. The Rockets had them both. They're the most... They're the least context-dependent most context-dependent players in the league. Yeah, right. And let me explain what I mean by that. <laughs> they can be on... Who's fucking bullshit this year? Oh, the, the Timberwolves. I don't, why don't I even look? <laughs> you could put them on the Timberwolves and you'd be like, wow, those guys are really important NBA players. Mm, and mm. then you can put them on the Lakers and you can be like, wow, those guys could put a team over the edge. Mm. Like, they wouldn't help a losing team win, but they would help a winning team win. Yeah. They would win games for a winning team, but they wouldn't win games for a losing yeah. team. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and I think that, yeah, just like another... I, I mean, he's like 6'5", but he's he's such a heat player. Yeah, yeah, And LaMarcus absolutely. is like, you know, a pretty prolific scorer. And the, yeah, yeah, actually, you're, you're probably right about the <laughs> offensive side of things. But I think I think you're, it's very fair. Like those are the two guys on the market who you could see at the Heat. I think PJ. How old is PJ? Like, it's like 34, 6, 5, So he's, seven, he's eight. like one year younger than Lamarcus. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> who's thirty five, six, seven, eight? Nine. <laughs> um, uh, yeah, I was about to say maybe you get like a little bit more. You know, you get a little bit more out of him in the long yeah. term. I mean, you do. You look at PJ Tucker and you don't think his game is sort of declining you do look at LaMarcus and you think this guy's games is declining yeah um 
and I mean for that reason, yeah, getting him is just like the last the last half of his contract. Um, you know, as the third, not even not even necessarily third, but just like an option. Yeah, below Jimmy and Bam on that team. Yeah. Um, I think he'd be the second option. Yeah, you think he'd Jimmy. be the second option. Oh, actually, you know what? Their team is so smart and they're so fluid and they're just so... Like, Duncan yeah. Robinson, they were running him off so much shit in the playoffs mm-hmm. last season. Mm-hmm. Like, they would start the game by just, like, using his gravity and seeing how hot he was to start the game. On a team that had Tyler Hero, who had a, mass- a-, a sick playoff run. Bam. Oh, my God. I rewatched that Bam block this week on Jason oh Tatum. God. Oh, my that God. That might be the craziest defensive play I've ever seen so in my good. life. So good. Um, that and that Ben Wallace block against uh, Shaq, which is just fucking mind blowing. But yeah, they they they. You can, there's not like a set. That's our first option. That's our second option. That's our third option. Yeah, they're very they're very good at countering. They're fluid. They're context dependent. But I think yeah, I think sometimes this season, particularly when Bam hasn't been there, it's like the shooters' shots aren't dropping. And there's a lot of shooters on that team. Like, they've got a lot of guys who can theoretically shoot threes. And Jimmy really has to, you know, go finals Jimmy and take it completely in his own hands. Yeah. And, like, yeah, you can't do that for a whole playoff run. You need to be able to throw things, throw different things at different teams. Yeah, definitely. And Lamarcus, he feels like the one thing that they don't have to throw, which is, like, a big mm. guy who can sh- kind of shoot from anywhere. Yeah. Um, and just, like, a really consistent volume scorer yeah which i would i'd still say he would be within the right situation that's the thing like the more scorers you put around jimmy the less scoring jimmy has to do and the more facilitating he can do which is where he's always at his best i think yeah definitely i wonder if you just put his raw raw skill set like do you reckon jimmy's a better scorer or or facilitator I'm not saying what he prefers to do. I'm saying what do you reckon he's better at? I reckon he's a better scorer, but I think his preference is f- like facilitating. Yeah, I, I think so as well. I think he's an amazing playmaker. Like mm. I reckon it sits just below his scoring ability. Um, but I, but I, I think that's why he's so good. I think it, he's. I mean, it's kind of what LeBron can do at times, where it's you know obviously LeBron's a better scorer than facilitator. <laughs> like we're not going to argue about that. Or are we? Wait, do you reckon he's a better? You reckon LeBron's a better scorer than playmaker? But I just think it. Fuck yeah, this is hard. This is really that's actually hard because I think both of them have at points in their careers, particularly Jimmy at the moment, been like, I want to be a facilitator. Yeah. Um, and just absolutely excelled in it. And like, I think Jimmy's teams are better when he's the guy facilitating. Yeah. But he's a phenomenal scorer. Like, yeah. if he was actually the only good scorer on a team, he would he would be dropping 25, 30 points every night. Oh, yeah. yeah. Um, but he's, like, almost never been in that situation. Like, he's always been with other good scorers, even at teams where he hasn't quite worked out, you know? I reckon next week I'm going to come back with my answer for is LeBron a better scorer or playmaker? <laughs> yeah. Because I, really, I actually need to think I, about it. I really that. have to think about that. <laughs> <laughs> you really put me on my feet. Uh, yeah, Jimmy Butler. I mean, you know, we've 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 documented <laughs> our, our love for you. We've him off enough on this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> uh and I think both, uh, like a Tucker and Lamarcus Aldridge, would be massive fits for that team. What, what have you been thinking about LMA destinations? Only a little bit. Yeah. Only a little bit. Um, Did you have any others? The Wizards. Yeah. Weirdly enough. Nah. Hundred percent. So we are horse shit defensively. He's not going to make a difference to that. I think. I think. And you put Rui to the bench. I think. I think. It'd be a good idea to go after Lamarcus. Mm. Uh, that'd <clears throat> give Beal. Oh fuck! But then, uh, okay. 
in my perfect world, it gives Beal 20 points from the mid-range that he doesn't have to score, a couple of little baby hooks, and, yeah, a guy that carries so much weight offensively. Okay, carries so much gravity offensively. Because LaMarcus doesn't need any space. That's not, that doesn't change with him getting older. Yeah. He still doesn't need any space to uh, hit a midi, hit, hit his jump shot. It's, it's crazy. I can't... Uh, you still watch it when he pops out not quite to the three point line it's yeah. like why do you not pop out all the way and like oh that's why because it's like it's just it's 100% yeah there. it's actually automatic <laughs> yeah, yeah. it's so crazy and then I, I actually really I've really started to not started to but I'm, I'm warming to Damian Lillard a lot yeah. and something's happened in the last week I just looked at his career stats the least games he's ever played in a season is 73 and the least minutes he's ever averaged a game is 35 wow so like he's really at least is 35 yeah that's insane. So he has, no matter what where you stand on Damian Lillard, he's never cheated anyone. He's always tried as hard as he can. Like he's always tr- he's always trying. And you like, I feel like I used to think about it more as like a logical thing, but it's like, nah, man, this guy's fucking doing so much for the league. Like he has done, he's kept that team. Like, that's a good team, but he has kept them relevant and kept them fun and kept us like, it's always a fun matchup. If you watch the a good team play the Blazers it's a, it's a, it's a fun game to watch uh, and I think LaMarcus would fit there very well, well Go, going back uh, yeah obviously I think LaMarcus and Dame are actually a match made in heaven because I I think yeah I think LaMarcus just will do really well with any sort of top tier playmaker mm. but then like you said his gravity means that a guy like Dame who just needs like the tiniest tiniest bit of hesitation the tiniest bit of space to um, <laughs> Lucas just <laughs> plop down two stakes. I have front a game in an hour. <laughs> um, yeah, he just needs that tiny, tiny bit of space to absolutely, um, you know, to get his shot shot off. I think, I think maybe let's just take a quick pause and get our plates sorted. What do you think? Yeah, good idea. <laughs> yeah. The ones that hate me the most look just like me. You tell me what that means. Make a slick comment and see what that brings. And we're back. And we're back with a big piece of steak or two in our tum tum tum. Uh, and we're going to move on from Lamarcus Aldridge. <laughs> bye bye. <laughs> <laughs> um, so uh, Charles Barkley got very upset about something on Inside the NBA the other day. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> He got very upset that no one else on the panel would seriously consider Chris Paul as an MVP oh, candidate. Yeah. <laughs> and I just wanted to know what you thought about that. Well, I actually did see that um, Chuck was like, we got to be yeah, considering Chris Paul as an MVP candidate, as you said. Uh, and then I went on his basketball reference, and I think he's averaging 14 and 9. Yeah. Or 16 and 9. Yeah, it, it's 16 and 9. That sounds about right. It's very much not an MVP. <laughs> not an MVT, MVP type player. I kind of get where, he, where he's coming from in the sense that, like, why Chris Paul was an all-star. Yeah. Because, you know, the league is seeing him as the difference maker in Phoenix as to why they've had such a big jump from last season. You can't give a 16-9 guy <laughs> the MVP, though. No one has ever won an MVP for improving a team. Yeah, <laughs> like, that too. Like, without also having an MVP caliber season. I mean, that's the thing. No one wins an MVP without having an MVP caliber <laughs> season. Um, but yeah, Charles is like... If a team was last and now they're first, you're not going to say the guy that's an MVP. <laughs> well, first of all, they went last. Yeah. They were ninth. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> they were still a pretty good team. Um, and yeah, like nobody is disputing the fact that Chris Paul improved them a lot. But yeah, they have Devin Booker is the offensive like um, lifeblood of that team. Yeah. Uh, I, 
I mean, you know, you could say Chris Paul's playmaking ability is, but it's it's him who's scoring 30 points yeah. when they need him to. Um, the thing I do think it does bring up is, you know, Chris Paul was in my tier one NBA players. And I think for this, I think Chuck was basically saying, yeah, you're right, Mark. <laughs> I think he was kind of speaking directly to me about that. But um, I think in all seriousness, tier one players without having to have an MVP caliber season, can like make a team so much better almost yeah. single-handedly. Definitely. Yeah. Uh Look man, I don't know as 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 time goes on Charles Barkley remains the best uh personality on TV, but his basketball mind gets worse <laughs> every so single much day. Worse. So much worse. Like there's some of his takes, he's been on Portland um for like he keeps like he keeps picking them to win the, the finals every single year. He never got on board with the Warriors, and then yeah, now he's saying Chris Paul should be the MVP, and it's like he's still my favorite personality on on TV. But I mean, you know, we talk about what we appreciate in pundits. It's like he doesn't give a fuck. Yeah, he doesn't. He doesn't actually carry that much weight in what he says. He'll die for what he says. Like he yeah. really very pours his heart out over topics that he's and players and teams that he's passionate about. But at the end of the day, he doesn't really care if he's right or wrong. He doesn't yeah. even know who plays in the NBA. <laughs> <laughs> Do you think this guy is someone who's going to be like, yeah, but you know my take. Like, yeah. actually, I actually meant it like this. Or, you know, it, it doesn't count because of this. He's just going to be like, oh, whatever. <laughs> <laughs> but that's exactly, that's exactly what you should be as a sports fan. Mm. Like, who cares if you're right or wrong about sport? Like, the whole point of sport is so we can talk to our mates about it and feel like we know what we're talking about. It's all fucking bullshit. We're talking about sport. Yeah. This is what we said in the first episode, but, like, it's nothing. It's, it's less sport. than nothing. It holds no weight. People take it way too seriously, and they treat these sports people way too seriously. And fucking, yeah, relax, man. It's it's whatever. It's it's so fun. Charles Barkley makes it fun. He makes it fun to listen. It's like, what's he going to say next? Um, Who goes... My- you know, blah blah's my favorite sports pundit. He always gets it right. Yeah, like, that's why I like yeah. him because he predicts what's going to happen in the season. You don't want to know what's going to happen in the season. <laughs> like legitimately, legitimately, if there's a if there's like a shoe in favorite to win the title, nobody wants them to win the title. It, like the Warrior seasons. Yeah, you want the you want the narrative to be broken. Yeah, that's why the Cavs win was one of the fucking best things ever because it broke. Like you know, they had the best season ever. They had one of the best teams ever assembled. Everybody said the Warriors were going to win, and then they didn't. It didn't matter. But, you know, who the teams were or who was playing on either side. It was like the media narrative that was built up around it. Yeah. It was that being broken that made it so good. Yeah. Such a good point, man. Uh, yeah. And then, yeah. Remember the fucking two rings KD won with the Warriors? It was just like, whatever. <laughs> Meh. Like, we got, we, got to the, you want. we got to the end of the season and we're like, this is supposed to be the funnest part of the season and everyone hates it. Yeah. You've, you've, <laughs> you've successfully ruined the NBA. <laughs> Uh, and then this goes all to, to like Stephen A. Smith and Max Kellerman. Dude, they are unbelievable <laughs> at their job. Like, I feel like I watched maybe, I, re- I reckon I probably watched like five hours worth the first take this week. And I don't, <laughs> really? I don't think they said anything. Wow. But over those five hours, there was nothing of substance. It was just kind of like, you know, when like, you're doing it. You're doing a test in high school, and like every now and again, if you you just rewrite reword the question, you might get half a mark. That's what they do. They just reword the question without ever saying anything. But it's entertaining, right? Unbelievably entertaining. Um, I watched five hours. 
the thing I always forget about first take is that it's not just about basketball. And it's like, how can two dudes get so yeah. fucking worked up and passionate about every sport <laughs> on the face of the earth? Yeah. Like, and you know, like, let me let you in a little secret. <laughs> They're not. <laughs> They're acting. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, I love every now and again, like, I think I've seen this like three times ever. Um, Stephen A. Smith will be like, this is a debate show, but there ain't no debate here tonight. <laughs> <laughs> so dramatic. And like, he just, yeah, he's admitting to the fact that their job is to take opposing views. Yeah, yeah. That's their job. Their job isn't, they're not sports analysts. <laughs> they're, they're debaters. <laughs> Fuck, that's so true. That's so true. Oh, God. Shout out. <laughs> Shout out to our favorite pundits. Um, anyway, I think the lesson here is... I think what we do well... Um, <laughs> Us two. Fuck it. I'm all ears. Is we straddle the line between making hot takes for the sake of making hot takes and not being afraid to be wrong. Like... First of all, you're wrong. <laughs> <laughs> but I feel like... We're happy saying things and then like five minutes later being like, that was completely wrong, you know? I think our two best... Co- <laughs> <laughs> this is a purple link bit. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, we've been... Th- we've got, we're, you know what? We're being selfish right now. We're, we're, we're making jokes to the room that we're sitting in right now <laughs> instead of doing the podcast. We've got real Lucas P on Instagram. <laughs> yeah, please follow me, man. <laughs> Uh, anyway, we, we only have 10 minutes left before I have to go play a basketball game. And uh, I feel like we have a few more things we have to talk about. We got one more, I think. What? The bit. The, 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 the segment. Oh, actually, before we do that, why don't we do Trick Marco, which we you didn't do, do last Marco week. first. Yeah, I want to do Trick Marco first because we have a special edition. Oh. Um, wait, it's just loading. We have a special purple edition of Trick Marco. Don't read those too 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 closely. Uh, shout out to Alessio Conte. He sent me his own rendition of a of a Trick Marco. Oh, nice! And they are all uh, actually I won't say that. But he wants to get an L in the W column, as in an A L in the W column. Yeah, nice, nice. Um, just for the record, you know I can't see purple for any listeners out there. So this this week's edition of Trick Marco is particularly biting towards me. Wait, would you? Do you can you actually not? Yeah, I'm colorblind, dude. You, everything you say is a joke, so I just thought it was a joke. <laughs> Damn, I'm sorry to hear. Yeah, it's fine. Do you need, like, meds? Uh, heaps. <laughs> At point guard, David Stockton. N- David Stockton? Yeah. No. At shooting guard, Luther Head. Luther Head? Yeah. No. At small forward, Jared Cunningham. No. No, no. I'm thinking of Dante Cunningham. <laughs> At power forward, Quincy Miller. Quincy Miller, no. At center, Tyler Honeycutt. Tyler Honeycutt. So good. Fuck, no. Rest in peace, Tyler C- Honeycutt, wow. by the way. AL, uh, AL you got That's the, w the first there. AL in the W Wait, column. A- after a- a- C- LP. I don't know. After after 20 weeks of... <laughs> eh. um, so, <laughs> we, have a new, we have a new segment that we are... We're not going to debut the segment tonight, but we're going to debut the idea of the segment. Do you want to intro it? Okay. So, I feel like we don't... Uh, you, this rarely comes up, but... I'm a new basketball fan <laughs> and I, I don't quite have the sort of encyclopedic knowledge of how the game works as most people have been following it for 5, 10, 15 years and who maybe have pl- played it at a junior level as well would. So I have no idea how plays work. Like I get the pick and roll 
I know the elevator door one. <laughs> <laughs> I watched a YouTube video on it last week. Um, but you could say you could say icy, you could say hammer. I would have basically no idea what you're talking about. But I would I would hazard a guess at it. So okay, in this segment, I'm going to explain it to Marco like he's five. <laughs> so we're going to just take NBA <clears throat> plays, like I said in the story, like floppy, uh, you know, other plays of that nature, and I'm going to explain it to Marco like. Like like a new like a newbie basketball fan, but also like a five year old. So I've got to change the language. Yeah, I, yeah, definitely. I think the five year old bit's really important. <laughs> um, but for the first, I guess, episode point five, mm-hmm. I'm gonna just intro what different players' roles are on the court. Mm-hmm. So the point guard is like the nerd. <laughs> <laughs> They're smart. They just need to know what to do. It's the smart. It's the smart kid at school. Mm. But then. Oh, no, no, sorry. That's the nerd at school. The shooting guard, that's the smart one. Right. Okay. So, you know, a bit funner, a bit funner than the nerd, but, you know, still not the not the most eye-catching player on the court. But why did why did the bully... Sorry to jump ahead a few steps. <laughs> why did the bullies let the nerd run the game? That's that a really happy good... when I'm getting bullied. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because you're a loser and they don't play basketball. <laughs> <laughs> Fucking touche, man. <laughs> the small forward... That's the popular kid that has no real reason to be popular. <laughs> True. Wow, I like that one. Um, power forward, that's just your uncle. <laughs> Go on. Center, that's the dad. Right. <laughs> you can tell who has a good one and who has a bad one. <laughs> <laughs> However, there are some different... A lot of them go missing for large, large stretches <laughs> of the season. <laughs> there are some... Um, but that's a more traditional look at the... Um, you know, you might not know that word traditional yet <laughs> since you are five. But that's a more traditional look at the positions on, an, on a basketball court. There are like these tier one players like you've you've outlined in this uh, podcast as well as I have. And I've just used... I think mum is the best way to describe tier one players because they can just do anything. True. And these are transcendent players that you put onto any... You, they'll just find a solution to whatever the problem there is. Uh, three and D players, that's a new role that's becoming more popular. <clears throat> Um, in the well, it's not becoming more popular. It's one of the most popular roles in the NBA right now. That's the kid, the kid that everyone likes but isn't popular. Oh fuck! I fucked that. But now we'll just go with that. The kid that everyone likes but isn't popular. He's not like a jock. Yeah, yeah. He flies under the radar, but yeah. but like everyone's like that kid's kind of cool. Yeah, he'll probably be selling you drugs when you're 19 or something like that. <laughs> I wouldn't know anything about that. <laughs> Hopefully, my dad Shout doesn't make his dad. Far out. Um. So basically, we're going to just use these roles as the explanations to players in in future plays that we're going to explain. Oh, right. We can go through the pick and roll since you kind of know that. Yeah. Um, so like the nerd, he's coming up the yeah. court. Traditionally, the nerd would get a screen from da- from the dad. And a screen is just like when you stand next to a player and hold your position. And then you try and get the guy who's defending you to run into that guy. Then... That's called a screen. So when you come off the screen, you're dribbling the ball or bouncing. (laughs) And you want to have as little space between you and the screen as possible to give the defender no space to chase you around it. When you get... What? (laughs) When you get around the screen, the dad... The nerd still has the ball. The dad will then turn to the ring roll towards the ring and then the nerd has the option of passing it to the dad or shooting himself 
Now, this is all dependent on what the defensive player does as well. <laughs> wait, 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 who's a defensive player? <laughs> <laughs> the defensive player is like the team that doesn't have the ball at that given point. Given okay, moment in okay. Time. This is so cute. <laughs> You're doing such a good job. <laughs> wait, are you a five-year-old or a teacher? <laughs> Maybe I'm the five-year-old. Sorry, uh, I'm picking my nose. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, then... You know, there's like, like, there's like infinite different defensive schemes that you might come up against on a basketball court. <laughs> Infinity, that's like the really big number. It's like more than 100. <laughs> uh, anyway, yeah. So the pick and roll is like the oldest play in basketball. <laughs> what? Damn it, that was such a good like pick in your nose joke. <laughs> <laughs> anyway. Um, yeah, the pick and roll, it's like the oldest play in basketball and it's still very hard to defend against. In, in future weeks, we will go into much better detail, but this was kind of sprung up on me. I'm not going to lie. <laughs> yeah, I did suggest it just a few days ago. Um, I feel like in the future, I'd like to have... I'd like to hazard a guess as to what it means. As oh, well. that's a good idea. I mean, you know, obviously I know what the pick and roll is. Yeah. Well, I do now. Thank you. Thank you, sir. <laughs> um, um, I'll, I'll do... I'll like do proper... I'll do the entire court. Like I'll, I'll do a bird's eye view of the play and do the entire court yeah. of the play. That's awesome. It should only take me like two, three minutes. <laughs> Since I know I'm all off my heart anyway. <laughs> um, sweet. Thanks for that, man. Uh, I, think that's, I think that's a wrap. I think that's a pretty short and sweet one today. Yeah. Cool. <laughs> well, we'll see you fuckers next week. Yeah, we'll catch you in the next one. Um, but yes, yeah, send, send in any plays that you want Lucas to explain in oh, that so cute way. He just, <laughs> he just had this little glow in his eye the entire time. I think we have like eight already, six, six, seven, okay, eight. Well, maybe don't send them in. No, there. no, please send them in. There's, <laughs> there's so many plays. Um, <laughs> All right. Peace out. <laughs> That's our assistant telling us it's time. <laughs> the limo's out front, baby. <laughs> All right. See you later. Bye. You've been listening to an episode of the Jeff Van Gundy NBA Tribute Show, hosted by Lucas Petridis and Marco Holden Jeffrey. If you like what you're hearing, don't forget to subscribe and leave us a review. You can also follow us on Instagram at JVG NBA Tribute Show and Twitter at JVG NBA. Thanks for listening. We'll see you in the next one.